Good job. It's good to know when Robert and Laura are gone that we can still have good praise and worship, huh? Amen. Well, get your Bibles out. Figured you were going to do that. Got a quick tie story for you. Went uh, played in a golf tournament with my sons in San Angelo. It's a Wounded Warrior uh, golf tournament that we go every year uh, since I got involved with that. And uh, on the way back, we were just talking about different stuff, and where, you know the topic tithing came up. So we were talking about tithing, and you know we taught our boys to tithe young, you know. So, but I was just asking, you know, what's your what's some of your experiences and stuff, and so I don't know how long ago this was, but this was Michael. I don't know how long ago this was, but he says that, uh, he said, I told God that if I could be rich, I would give a lot of money. <laughs> now, I don't know how big he is in this story. You know, he, I didn't ask. And I said, Mike, what'd God say? He said, God said I wasn't the first person to try to make that deal with him. <laughs> I said, yeah. He said, what else did God say? He said, God told me to start where I am, and he'd make it happen. <laughs> so there's, there's his tithe story. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, you're not the first person to make, try to make that deal with me. <laughs> I've tried to make that deal with him. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, go to 2 Corinthians 1.20. I want to talk to you just a little bit about your promises do you know that the Bible is full of promises? Got all kind of promises in it. If you go, I don't know how many. Some, does anybody know how many? 7,000 promises in the Bible that God has specifically written down and, and said those can be your promises. But you know that the only promises that are any good to you are the ones that you have a revelation on? Because if you don't know the promise, if you don't know how to apply the promise... It doesn't do you any good. The promise is there, but those promises are only for you that you understand, that you grab a hold of and you say, that's my promise. Fast forward to this. Well, let me read first, uh, 2 Corinthians one twenty. You got that up there? For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen, to the glory of God through us. Now go to uh, 2 Peter one four. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You, the promise through the promise is is the promise that you get. Or through promises you get to partake of the divine nature. You know what that word divine means? Godlike. That's the nature that is on the inside of you when you get bored again, and you get to partake of those promises. But how many know we don't do that all the time, right? We just don't. Look at, I was reading Psalms 91. Everybody familiar with Psalms 91? I love Psalms 91. And I was reading it, and I was going through there, and uh, I got through with it, and I, I said... God, I would like to have a psalm for me, personally. Something that God spoke to me. You know, I'm reading that. It's the Word of God. I'm reading it. And, but I said, you know what? Could you tell me something? You know, just specifically? 
And this word came, came to, to me. It says, I will take up positions on your left. And I went, okay, that's military. We're talking military here. All right, I, I'm, okay, take up positions on my left. And I will take up positions on your right. I went, okay. I'll walk point before you, and I've got your six. I went, okay, I'm understanding what you're saying here. He said, I own the skies above your head, and your enemies are continually painted. Your soul will rest easy today because I'm with you. That's what God said. I went, okay, I got to write this down. <laughs> so when I started, I've got to a pen or where, I don't remember. I think I was at the hangar, actually, when all this was happening. So I finally got to a pen, and I started writing down, and then I got the picture of what God was saying. Not just the word, but not a, I mean, you hear somebody say, I saw a vision out there. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this goes through my head when I start writing this down. I'll take up, so I wrote down, my God takes up positions on my left. And when I wrote that down, I saw a picture flash through my head, a, a big guy. Not, not, I'm, I'm not talking great big, I'm talking, a, I don't know how big. Big guy, full military gear, standing there with a weapon I've never seen. Don't know what it is, it's a gun of some kind, don't know what it is. But he's standing there. And he, he's on my left-hand side, probably about from me to Frankie. And he does this. Draws a line in the sand and said, this is my position. I went, okay, cool. I take up positions on my right. There's another guy right over here, about the same far away, does the same thing. I'll walk point, point before you. There's another guy walking before and then there's another guy behind. So I'm going, well, this is cool. It says, I own the skies above your head. So you look up, and I'm like, okay, don't see anything up there. But own the skies above your head. And said, my enemies are continually painted. That one I understood a little bit. Don't understand a whole lot. I asked Lex about it. And I understand the premise of what being painted means. Being painted in the military means, y'all ever see, you ever taken one of those little pins it puts a dot on the floor and mess with a cat you know where the cat runs over and tries to grab the thing and you move it over here basically basically the same thing right basically the same thing a laser guided bomb needs some kind of laser to be guided with and uh, I was just asking him about it and even uh, you know the army can paint for the uh, for the air force if you're on the ground and you have the correct laser to point for their weapons you just put it on something out there. How far away? Long ways? It can be way out there. So, and they call that painting. You paint the, the enemy, or you paint the whatever you're trying to shoot. So you paint it, and you sit there and hold it on it, and that bomb that he released from the whatever he was flying, and follows that and hits whatever's being painted. It said, but your enemies are continually painted. Now I said, that... I like that. Hope I'm not the one who has to pull the trigger. I'd have that thing down all the time. We'll leave that one up to you, Jesus, because I'd be pulling the trigger a lot. <laughs> your enemies are continually painted and said, and your soul will rest easy today because I'm with you. 
And you know, when I get discouraged, I just sit there and because and, God gave it to me. So I, I've, I've got these, and I've got a bunch of these written up, if, you know, if anybody wants one. Uh, but I just sit there and I just recite that and go, you know what, God, that's a promise you gave to me. It's a promise. I've, I've got that one. I had Psalms 91, but this one made it more specific to me. So someone says, well, that's not really the word of God. You didn't. That was you. I'm not that smart. I know me. I'm not right. I'm, that's, that kind of stuff does not come out of me. You know, so I'm saying it's God. If you want to argue with me, then okay, but I'm going to. Someone says, well, you can't do that. I said, okay, I'll go back to Psalms 91. It's the same thing. It says the same thing. This one just got a little more personal uh, to me. So the promise is what your enemy is trying to steal from you. Because it's the promise that you hold on to every day. It's the promise that you live this life going, Jesus, this is the promise you gave me. It doesn't look like it's happening out there. I can't see it out there, but Jesus, you promised it, and so I'm standing here on it. That's the way we live. Now, I want to kind of come in the back door now. So how does your enemy try to take that promise away from you? Look at James 1, 14. Actually... Go to, yeah, let, me, let me put some glasses on and see where I need to go here before that a little bit. Look at 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. You see that word drawn away? That's not led away. That's drawn away. There's a way big difference between drawn away and led away. Led away is you put a halter on a horse and you lead him away. You are now in control. You lead that horse away. Drawn away is you put a carrot in front of that horse and try to make him want that carrot more than he wants to be standing where he's at. That's the way the enemy is trying to try to, to get you away from your promises. He's going to try to draw you away from the promise because there's anything on the inside of you that wants whatever he's offering more than the promise, you'll follow him. Whatever's on the inside of you that wants that more than the promise, you'll follow him right along. And that takes you, it doesn't take you out, it, it, it separates you from the prom, that particular promise of God, whatever it is. Com, I mean, common example, how do you catch a coon? Anybody know how to catch a raccoon? You set a steel trap, a steel trap, and you put something in that steel trap that that coon wants. Is that right? And he will stick his foot in a steel trap for that. So that's the kind of stuff, whatever that is on the inside of you that will make you stick your foot in, or hand in a, in a steel trap, that's the kind of stuff we got to get out. You say, well, what is that? Everyday life will show you what it is. Next time you get mad, go, oop, stuck my foot in trap there, taking me away from whatever that promise is. I, I tell one on myself the other day. I, I thought I actually said, I think I'm doing decent at this when then this came up. I'm like, yeah. 
got a text the other day of, uh, you know, someone just uh, owes some money, sent a nice text, hey, we're going to, you know, we need to get together and get this figured out, and got a really nasty text back. And I went, okay, ain't putting up with that. So I made a phone call. By the end of the phone call, after we hung up, Jesus, or, you know, kind of that same voice goes off and said, yeah, that was a really good representation of me. I'm like, yeah, I need to work on that, don't I? That wasn't, that wasn't pretty. <laughs> Got my point across, but it wasn't pretty the way it needed to be. So, <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Anything in your life that's unyielded to God can be used against you. Whatever it is, whatever, you know, if God's telling you you need to stop this or you need to do this and you're not doing it, or you see it in the Word of God and you say, ah, that's just that, I'm good and everything else, I'm not going to worry about that. Those are the kind of things that can be used against you. That the devil will flash his, you know, he'll, he'll get it in front of you somehow to make you stick your foot in the trap. How many of y'all have ever had your foot in a trap? If you didn't raise your hand, you're lying. The second one, and last one, just point, got a little bit more. First one, he's going to try to draw you away from the promise. The second one, he's going to try to cut you off, cut your communication off from the promise. So I want to tell you a story. Or it's, this is the way Dwayne would do it in the military. I don't know if this is actual military tactics. Don't know if this is the way I'd do it. If, if, I don't care if you're in the jungles of Vietnam or the mountains of Afghanistan or the sands of Kuwait. Let's say there's a, a squad of 15 guys on patrol walking. Let's call it in the jungle. So they're walking in the jungle. And it's my job as the enemy. I get to, I'm going to play the enemy right now. That squad is the Christians, and I'm going to be the, the enemy. And that squad is walking through there, doing their mission in life that day, trying to do whatever, and it's my job to stop them. You know the first guy I would shoot? I asked my wife this. She said, well, the guy in charge. I went, nope, not shooting the guy in charge. So who, she said, well, who's the first guy you would take out? And I said, the radio man. Whoever's got the radio is the first guy going down. You know who the second guy going down is? The guy that picks up the radio. You know who the third guy going down is? The guy that picks up the radio after him. Why? Because if I can cut off their communications, I've got them where they can't get support, they can't get supplies, they can't get help, they can't call in fire support. So long that radio's laying on the ground, that squad is isolated. And that is what your enemy will try to do to you. He will try to isolate you by getting you out of church, by not reading your Bible, by not spending a little quiet time. He, you know, I say spending quiet time, driving your truck and just turn the radio off and just see what God's got to say that day. Those are the type of things that just keep that, you know, I've, I've had people say, well, I don't know about this hearing God stuff. Read your Bible. He wrote it down. You don't have to hear the small, still small voice. And even when you hear that, you've got to confirm it with what's written down. So you're, you can flaky. I mean, you're liable to get, hear any kind of thing. Make sure it lines up with the Word of God. 
gotta, you've got to, to have that where God is being able to get his point across to you, to keep the promises of God alive in your life. Now, close your Bibles, and I've got, this is going to be fun. All right. Who's got an iPhone on them? Who's got an iPhone with them? All right, get it out. Get your iPhone out. They're like, what the heck? Now, I want everybody to have an opinion here. Everybody's got an opinion. Don't sit on your hands. I, want, I need everybody to point in a certain direction. But don't just look and see where everybody else is pointing and then point there. I want your specific opinion. And I want you to point that way. Which way's north? <laughs> see? <laughs> Which way's north? You got these two. They're going 90 degrees from each other. <laughs> okay. If you've got an iPhone now, we got all kind of different opinions. Everybody basically kind of goes from there to over there, right? Now get your iPhone out and find that little extras thing and hit the compass. All right, Darlene, which way's north? Right through those doors right there is north. Yep. You wouldn't have thought that, would you? Before I did it, I'd have thought north would have been more off over here, me personally. But I actually did this this morning. <laughs> and north is from right here, north is right through those doors right there. Point being this. If I'd have told y'all, everybody in here, and you don't have that compass, you don't have that iPhone, I said, I'll meet y'all one mile north of here. We would not have all made it. <laughs> we would have been scattered. All right, your compass, right? That's pretty easy. That's what keeps you going in the right direction. But I want to add a little bit something to it. Have you ever been... A compass does you no good if you're lost. Think about that. Have you ever been dropped off somewhere, the military drops you off somewhere in the middle of nowhere at night, and you ain't got a clue where they drop you? Yes, Lex is over going, hey, they did that to me. Me too. Drop you off... And if you've only got a compass, it don't matter which way north, south, east, and west is, you need to know where you're going. Now they're saying, okay, meet us two miles from the whatever, the uh, tower. Well, you look around, there ain't no tower around here. I don't see no tower. You know what the second thing you got to have is? A map of your area, wherever they drop you. Now you can look, you open up this map, and the first thing you got to do is find out where you're at. Where am I? I can worry about where I'm going later. Number one, I got to know where I'm at. So now you're looking, you go, okay, there's a big mountain right there. There's a, on this map, yep, there's a big mountain over there. There's a stream right here. Yep, there's a stream over there to my left. I think I'm in this general area right here. I think. Where I need to go is southeast. And so then, with your compass, you can start moving southeast and still identifying terrain along the way. Compass does you no good if you don't know where you're at. I'm going to relay that to this. If you don't know where you're at in your walk with Jesus, if you don't even know you've got to walk with Jesus, that's where you got to start. You get started with the walk, 
then you can get a compass, and then you can navigate your way through this life. But it takes, it takes both. I mean, people, you, gotta, you just got to know where you're at. You got to know where you stand. Am I saved? Yes. Okay, cool. Give me my compass, and let's get on our road. And now I got my map and my compass. Now we can get to where we need to be. Amen? Amen. I'm done. I bet you, hey, I bet you, you've, how about that, I'm, they, I'm done and keep going for 20 minutes. No, I'm done. Stand up. <laughs>